Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, which is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, and the Paul Green Rock Academy, the, the official music school of the process. On the show today, boy, thank God they won that game. I did not want to do this podcast if they didn't win that game. The, uh, the Sixers beat Miami. Joel Embiid will be reevaluated in about a week, and everything feels like it normally does with the Sixers. That's great. Jimmy Butler was interviewed by Mark Wahlberg in an oddly unstunning turn. Um, Zaire Smith probably won't play for the Sixers yeah. for kind of. Well, that's 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 what Brett Brown said. Uh, Furkan Aldemir has a torn meniscus. Aldemir and oh no, Furkan Korkmaz. I have had two beers. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, Zach Lowe over here. Uh, has a torn meniscus. Furkan Aldemir might also have a torn meniscus. I don't know. And hopefully, a ruling on the possible unbanning of the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor. Before we get going, I'd like to remind you that the Rights to Ricky Sanchez t-shirt store is open for business. All of our shirts, including the The Shirt with all the names on the back, the Rebel Shirt, the Processor Die Shirt, the Donovan Mitchell Six Man Shirt, they are all for sale on the Rights to Ricky Sanchez t-shirt store. Just go to rightstorickysanchez.com, click on t-shirts. Only $19.99, which is cheaper than everybody else's shirts that sells friggin' sports podcast t-shirts on the internet, and they're better quality. Also, the lottery party is coming. A bunch of people have asked, what if Sacramento makes the playoffs? The lottery party is still coming. Um, that will not stop the lottery party. The people who are signed up for the newsletter will get uh, the chance at tickets first. They sold out in a few hours last year. So com slash newsletter and fly the process. We have about 10 seats left. We're going to Minnesota at the end of March. It is going to be an amazing trip. Uh, we're almost sold out, 10 seats left. So if you were thinking about it, just go to rightsericisanchez.com and click on the link at top where it says fly the process for. Without any further ado, here is Furkan Aldemir. We are the murderous pair. Dead with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has a few things to say. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hi, Spike. What a nice, refreshing all-star break that was. It was. It, it feels like, you know, you know how uh, you go, no, you, you don't have like a normal job. Like you don't have the normal job work week. I, I don't get the sense. But No, currently this uh, is my job. Yeah, <laughs> at least at least for now, the 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 weekend is always like, oh man, that went by so fast. But I do feel like we had we did an early podcast last week. We took the weekend off. Feels like it's been a nice break of Sixers, a nice break of the podcast. Glad to be back and glad to do it with a win. Yeah, it was nice. It was yeah. an ugly game. Uh, they didn't seem to give a shit. Uh, hard to even come up with opinions, really. Yeah. Miami's an annoying team. I'm glad that... Is this the last... Is this it? Is this Miami over for the rest of the season? 
Well, we have 23 games left. 17 of them will be against the Hornets. Mm-hmm. The um, other six are the I, Pistons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was about halfway through the game, I thought, because I was thinking about the podcast, I was like, hmm, I don't have any thoughts about this game. And I've watched the whole thing. Not a single so thought. So far. Yeah, not a single thought. So we'll get into the game that we don't have any thoughts about right after the Willie Green Apple Podcast five-star review. Mike, we are frighteningly up to 2,269 on our way to 3,000. This comes from the James Ennis Fan Club. More episodes are emergency podcasts than not. Zaire Smith has a sesame allergy and suspected dead emergency podcast. J.J. Reddick deleted his social media accounts because he is not on social media. Emergency Ricky. Markel Fultz may or may not have had fluid injected or removed from his shoulder. Markel Fultz may or may not have made passive-aggressive press comments. Emergency pod. If none of the above seem like an emergency to you, this is probably not the podcast for you. Five stars. There you go. So this is the the uh, the first game in a an unknown amount of time that Joel Embiid will not be in there. Uh, given that they have quote unquote four stars, they should be able to um, they should be able to survive and win games like this without Joel. It was something to get carried in the first half by Boban Marjanovic. Yeah. <laughs> not really something I not really something I expected. But this is a team that that he can exist against given that they play a real center and they don't have like really many people who can shoot so he doesn't have to run around a lot and he is kind of tough to guard in the post. So it was a good Boban game. Yeah, uh God, I love I love watching Boban. It's so weird. Such a weird guy to play. I do think, still, you look at him, and even though Olenek is really the only stretch big that they have, Adebayo is not not stretching you out. Whiteside is the worst shooting big man maybe of all time. Um, they when on switches and stuff, it's it it you can tell that it's a problem. That even even yeah. just like normal stuff, it's he's you know. Even when he can test, despite the fact that he's got the uh, wingspan of a, I don't know, telephone pole, he is like three feet away from actually contesting a shot because he just can't move his feet very well. So it's still, I, I still worry that like how much can you play him in the playoffs? But I think in, in stints here and there and, and to mix up the looks, I think he's going to be helpful. But tonight is great. I mean, he rolls. He's big. He can like he can be very boxed out. And still passer. Tip, tip the ball on the other side. Yeah, great passer. Had a, he only had two assists, but it absolutely could have had could have been more. Um, I don't know how he's not a better rim protector. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, you know, six or seven from the field, nineteen points, twelve boards, very Embiidish. I will say he has he has kind of bad hands, and not in the sense that like you know Sam Dallenbear had bad hands and you just like pass to him and he would just never come up with it. Um, he, he has soft hands when he catches it, but he also has soft hands when he like gets rebounds and it seems like he gets stripped almost every single time. Maybe the ball's too small for his ridiculously monstrous hands or I don't know, but he, he seems like seemingly gets stripped almost every time the ball is, is nearby from a, from a smaller guy. Yeah, he, uh, well, he's so big and slow. It's pretty big. That, yeah, I wonder... I would love to see his hands versus like a normal seven footer, like mm-hmm. size wise. 
Yeah. Like him he, versus like Miles Turner. Yeah, he yeah, right, right, right. Like he is for a guy who is as he's this odd combination of clumsy and yet incredibly skilled. Yes. Like he he knows basketball super well. Yeah. He de- he definitely plays like a guy that was on the Spurs for sure. Uh and he knows where everyone is. He makes smart plays. But you're right. With that, there is a, a clumsiness that must just come with being the size of a skyscraper. Yeah. I think. It's, yeah. a, it's, so. a, it's a weird combination of grace and clumsiness. And, I mean, carried the team. Like, mm-hmm. they lose this game if it wasn't for him. And I, I, I love him. I like that Brett is, uh, especially towards the end of the game, was was trying different things out and being like, okay, we're going to go full small ball. We're going to have Mike Scott or Simmons at the five. And then, okay, we're going to try Boban for a little bit and see if that helps. And then take him out and go full defense and stuff and switch John Simmons with, with Redick. Those are, those are nice defensive minded uh, coaching decisions that, you know, we've been talking about for a while and it's good to see him doing that, you know, as early as now and just seeing what the, what the flow is. But, you know, it was a weird game. It was a very stunted game. They lose this game if it wasn't for Boban. They lose this game if it wasn't for TJ. That 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 stretch of uh, really just taking over the game in, in his kind of TJ ways. Um, but a really rough game for the bench, other than TJ. Oh God, yeah. Well, TJ was awesome. It was a great TJ game. And necess- I, I, you know, you said they win. They don't win the game without Boban. I don't think they win the game without. TJ, like a few huge steals, a couple of good buckets played with your typical TJ energy, but man, oh man, I mean, Jonathan Simmons, I I think he's so weird. He's horrible. I don't know that he's horrible. I'm not ready to say that. I I think he makes (laughs) some things happen. He had a really nice uh, jab and go. When he's he's decisive, I think he can get stuff done because he is physical. (laughs) There was this one play where there must have been 16 seconds left on the shot clock. And he got the ball at the top of the key, like extended, like the three-point line. And he was like, you know what the best play here is? I'm going to go one-on-one with this guy. Yeah, easily. And he, he got, he, like, I was like, well, this isn't going to end well. He got stolen, turned into a layup on the other end. And I was like... What the fuck are you even doing? I, I, he seems, if he was 19, he would be awesome. But, ooh, well, he's, yeah. Well, he's very weird in the sense that, you know his story, right? He, like, just tried out for a yeah. D-League team. He yep. plays almost two on the nose for, like, that being his background. And Right, 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 right. And, yeah, I think he's pretty manic out there. Just kind of yeah. making decisions left and right. <laughs> Um, you know when you see like <laughs> an, ones, an actor like I don't know if I like what they're doing but they're making a lot of choices as an actor yeah. <laughs> uh, and I yeah. respect it um, yep. so that's how that's how it feels watching John Simmons play I do think he's going to help just because I, I think he's physical and uh, can guard the ball um, at ends of games opportunities when when you when you don't want JJ in there um, but but yeah kind of a weird thing I think it's safe to say the bench misses Mr. Korkmaz um, just as a shooter to come in, I, they do. It's weird. They do. Like he's just a guy that can come off screens and hit shots. Mike Scott is was is like missing shots lately, and yeah. doesn't seem to be giving them much right now. No, I don't know. I think there's. Too. I think I think they're gonna heat up, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, their bench is so deep now." But I think this is why you know these kinds of guys were available. I think they're just kind of fine. Yeah, it's yeah, fine is a is generous you. 
it's funny, you hear guys' names for so many years, and you see them here and there, but you don't really watch them. You just, like, you, you know the idea of them. And they, they get here, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's a different feeling just, when you're rooting for someone rather than just seeing them on the court. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping Mike Scott gets better because I have watched, a, for, a, for a role player on other teams, I have watched a decent amount of Mike Scott and always liked him. But he has been, like, sort of seems like he's been checked out. Now, he's got a checked out face mm-hmm. for what it's worth. That's he true. has that, that checked out look. But, man, he hasn't been good or anything either. Mike so. Scott seems like he really hates high fives. Really? Other, Yeah. Just doesn't seem like he's, I don't I know. I feel like that. he'd rather be left alone almost at all times. There, there was a nice uh, run in the fourth where Ben Simmons, I was waiting for one of our guys, one of our stars to be like, okay, enough of this. This team fucking sucks. Let me do something here. And it was really Ben for a run of about six minutes or so in the fourth where he just took it to uh, small ball five, also a point guard surrounded by shooters, Justice Winslow, and pretty much punished him for for a good bit there. And uh, I thought that was the closest any of our... Jimmy had a nice little run. He, he drew a few fouls, um, but... Uh, but it was really, I thought, of those guys, of Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Ben Simmons. It was Simmons that that had the, the best game out of anybody, I thought. Yeah, I mean, definitely definitely took over there for, for a stretch, and he, I think he's getting more and more comfortable with his footwork in the post. Uh, you know, still not looking stellar in those uh, fadeaway opportunities. It seems like he's... You know, when he pump fakes into a fadeaway, it's kind of very bizarre, and he does. It's like out of rhythm. He needs to be in in rhythm when he takes those shots, at the very least. Um, and you mentioned Jimmy's free throw stuff. Like, he hasn't obviously been shooting great since he got here. He hasn't been defending as well as I think his, he's capable of, and we'll see in the playoffs. And there's obviously been the all the weird stuff. But the thing that he is that the element of this team that nobody else really has is to go from you know 15, 20 feet out. And get to the rim and draw fouls. And yeah. because that's so, especially against a team like the Celtics, right? Like that's so necessary because Embiid, that's so much, that's such a big part of Embiid's game. And if he, if Jimmy is doing that, that and, and Horford isn't like allowing Embiid to get those cheap fouls that he gets against most centers, then all of a sudden, like if, they, if we put them in the penalty, then it's, you know, somebody holds JJ on a going through a screen and that's foul shots. Like those kinds of things add up. And uh, I think that's kind of like an unsung thing that, that Jimmy does, not, not only to get himself to the line, but to draw fouls on and, and get the, the rest of his teammates to the line too. Uh, just a, a quick note as I'm looking at the, um, the, 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 the Sixers updates, just the quotes as they're coming through. This is amazing to me because uh, I wondered what happened to that guy, a guy that everyone thought was good but never was really that good. The, the Rockets are signing power forward Terrence Jones to a 10-day deal, sources told ESPN. Like, Terrence Jones is still alive. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's, I, been, he's been in the G League. He, I think yeah. the Rockets just, like, needed bodies. They had, I think they only had 13 contract guys, and they needed, like, I think legally needed to have 
at least 14, and so they just signed him, uh, Terrence Jones and Chris Chioza, who's the point guard from Florida. To the Rockets made two of those guys disappear. Terrence Jones and Donatus Maniunas yeah. were just fucking gone. Yeah. Out of, out of, just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Uh, I... I've had enough of the Dwayne Wade farewell tour, which seems like it's been going on for a few years now. It I really guess has. it's been a long one. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather a Udonis Haslam tribute video. That would have been yeah. nicer to see. I agree. Just I, like pick and I, pop from eighteen. I always kind of liked Wade, and then at the end of the I don't know how many people are going to remember this, but the end of the twenty eleven playoff series against the Heat, he I never he dunked. Say. Yeah. I, it, the dunk at the end of the last game was so disrespectful and unnecessary for an 8-1 game. It's like, fuck off, man. And what? I've hated him ever since. Wasn't, didn't so. that have, I mean, di- didn't we play that at the live pod with Dario where Jordan Clarkson got pissed off for Dario doing the same thing? Uh, yes, but there's a, it was not at the end of a playoff series where one team is supposed to be the greatest team of all time and the other team is the Sixers. Sure. Like, let's, you know, come on, let's sure. grow up. Yeah. Uh, um, quick thing about Tobias, he's just yeah. like yeah, it was obviously very nice to see him hit shots and like dribble into some like good looks from the outside. Just an element of, of a thing that we just don't have like have never had. Um, he, I think he's not a guy that like takes over games. I think he's the yeah, most I, like I agree. quiet. He had twenty three and eleven and a plus nineteen tonight. Like he's that's that's exactly him. It's like the, a quiet twenty three and eleven, just like plays within himself. Occasionally drives at the rim, will step into some shots, like get some loose balls, be a, like not give up too many offensive rebounds. Like it's just a very compact, solid guy that I don't think he's going to like ever be like the guy in a playoff series. But I think it's just going to be like, oh, they're better when he's on the court and he's hitting shots and he's opening things up and he just like quietly did his thing. And that's well, kind of exactly what you want around these other guys when like Jimmy obviously can take over. Ben can take over and shown it tonight, and Embiid obviously is doing most of that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That's why he fits. That that is why he is a good fit with uh, for, with those guys because he does not need it. And I don't think he's going to win a playoff series, but I do think he could win a playoff game by getting hot. Um, and he, you know, he's good at what he does, and that seems like about it. Look, and he seems CJ won a playoff. CJ won a playoff game be, for us. Yeah, the confetti right. guy won himself a playoff game, not for the Sixers, that, but for himself. All, all fair points. Anybody all could, fair yeah. points. That's about all I have on this game. Real yeah, other stuff I mean, they got a win with NMB. It's fine. It's yeah. not a, it wasn't an exciting game, but they got the win. Every, I, I think it's kind of nice if you, talk, if you want to talk about Embiid for a sec. Well, uh, we'll get to him in a sec. I want to do an ad before we get to okay. him. Okay, so, but, you know, winning so, games without Embiid yeah. is is good, and that they're they're clearly a worse team when he's when he's not there. I think it just shows how impactful he is on on both ends. Um, but it's good to get the other guys some some run, and tonight was uh, bet- better than a loss. We will talk about the Joel Embiid uh, injury, I guess, or whatever, right after we talk about the official music school of the process, the Paul Green Rock Academy. We have, um, so the adult band camp is going on right now, and we have one guy who won from us who's in adult band camp, but then seven other I think of the 12 guys are rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners doing the adult band camp with uh, Paul, School of Rock founder Paul Green with the, uh, the new place, the Paul Green Rock Academy right here in Philly. That's right. There's an adult program. Now, one just started in February. There will be another one in a couple of months. There's the adult program, the master's program for really good kids. 
the junior program for, you know, your kid practices a guitar, you're like, eh, he's okay. That kid could play in the junior program. The programs are great. Uh, learning to play music with other people is really the next step and really exciting for everybody, for kids, for adults. If you haven't tried it, if your kid hasn't tried it, uh, they should definitely do it. You get to, you practice, you have one practice a week, you end up playing gigs at the end of the the rock school, that's both the adult and the kid one. Um, and it's a great environment. I went and I, I practiced with the kids and then I played with the kids once and uh, it's a lot of fun. So. If you've ever been thinking about it, if you've ever been thinking, if your kid takes lessons and you, you wanna take him to the, the next step, him or her to the next step, the Paul Green Rock Academy is a really, really good place to start. PaulGreenRock.com is the website where you can find out more, PaulGreenRock.com. You can also book the kid band for, uh, for weddings, for happy hours for a party in your backyard, whatever. That's the master's program band. So again, uh, paulgreenrock.com, the Paul Green Rock Academy, the official music school of the process. We should do a, uh, we should have them like play at the next live pod or something at the beginning or something. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, actually a lottery party, I think would be a great place for them to play. We, uh, co- the last couple of times we've had cover bands outside on the stage outside. So um, maybe we'll have the kids. Yeah, definitely. I've talked to Paul about that. So uh, the kids are great. Like just watching kids play music is awesome. You're like, ah, oh, man, they're so much better than I'll ever be. And they're kids. So it was a, a really quiet all-star break, you know, a quiet all-star game for our guys mostly. And then- Which like good, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's what we want. Please. And then, and then there's the beat writer tweets, the screenshot of the email from the Sixers. Never in history, has this been an email that is good? There's never an email that comes from the Sixers that's like, all-star break is almost over, everyone's fine, can't wait to see everyone Thursday night. So They should start sending those emails out. Yeah, just to mix it up a yeah. little bit. So I see the tweet from John Johnson and uh, my, stomach, my, my heart goes into my stomach and I look at it. Um, Joel Embiid is experiencing knee soreness and it is the same knee he had surgery on and the same knee he had soreness on earlier this year and will miss, will be reevaluated in about a week. They did have an MRI that showed no damage. I think they said later he had some tendonitis. Brett Brown expressed that it was not a big deal. Uh, It was expressed to me that it was not a big deal, but it was not a big deal the other time, (laughs) two years ago, (laughs) when, he came back and played against the Rockets, then practiced for another month, and turned out he had a torn meniscus and didn't play again that year. So um, I guess all I would say is, even if we're going to believe that it's nothing, I just go back to all of the times we talked about earlier this year where Joel was playing 36 or 37 or 38 or 40 minutes, and he has played more minutes than any center in the league except for Steven Adams. Um, and only had two rest games, I think. The other two, he's missed four games, and I think two are due to injury, and uh, two are rest. Might have only been one rest. Uh, You know, hopefully this rest is good for him, and they manage him better the rest of the year. I think that all comes back to Joel. He's got to get past the, I'm a normal guy now, and, and sort of block that out, but... Um, I wish they had managed that better this year, you know, especially when it was a back thing. 
Um, and I hope it's not a big deal. Yeah, I felt nothing. Mm. I got the email. I looked at it. I Initially, I thought the email was, Zaire's back, baby. He's starting tonight. Um, mm-hmm. That's That wasn't the email. That wasn't it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe I've just... It just you know you get hit with a blunt object enough times, and you know you grow, you get numb. So I've been I'm numb to all Sixers injuries. Um, I do think that this is a, a load management thing. I'm excited that we get to say load load management again. Um, uh, you know he needs to be healthy for the playoffs. If he needs to take a week, two weeks, three weeks off, that's fine. Um, it I, it is a bad look for it to happen right after the sure, star game. Sure. You know. Yeah. It it definitely is. And and the other thing I guess I'd say is that and I, obviously we want to you and I would sacrifice playoff position for Joel Embiid every day of the week. Easily. But but given that this team is so new and they have so few games to work it out and the playoff seating is pretty precarious for them at this point. Um you know, I just wish they had been smarter about it earlier, and that that includes Joel. I don't so. know. Yeah, I mean, I, smart about it earlier isn't like just play him fewer minutes. Play him fewer minutes. Play, give him more rest days. Yeah. You know, when when his back is, and this comes down to him. It does come back to him. But when when they're saying like we could see when he was having the back issues, the first two quarters of every game he was moving at like half speed. I think it's okay to take a game off then, you know, and especially when it's your back because it affects everything else. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not concerned. I don't know. I think it's just going to be okay. I think everything's just going to be okay, and they're going to win every game, and it's going to be okay. And they're going to go to the playoffs. I don't I don't think that they care as much as people think they should care about playoff seating. Um. They're going to have to beat good teams. You know, if you play Indiana in the first round, you're going to have to. It'd be obviously it'd be nicer to have to have to play Brooklyn or Charlotte or Detroit or whatever. But um, I think they care more about making sure everybody's healthy and, and comfortable. I do think the point about they don't have many games to play together and get a feel for playing with each other is a good one. I I also think that on the on the flip side of that, you know, it'd be nice to get some have some like. Jimmy games in there where he feels or you know although he hasn't like seemingly been pissed off about anything in a little while it's not bad to you know give him the ball and let him do some things Ben never seems to be like have an issue with his role or not shooting enough or whatever it is and Tobias is going to get his whatever and, and same with JJ but um, yeah I mean I think I think it's just okay if we wanted this to happen anyway this is this is fine let's get everybody in there let's see what we got in Boban and, and Jonah and then some small ball stuff. Um, I think Brett's just going to be tinkering the rest of the season and seeing what's the best way to go for the playoffs. Uh, and also announced in there is that Furkan Aldemir has uh, Furkan Aldemir, Aldemir back. Time, man. <laughs> Furkan Korkmaz has a torn meniscus, which is a bummer. Did they even say how long that was going to be? Or I, I don't think they said how long that was going to be, right? No, I think the, the official medical staff email was just a shrug emoji. <laughs> it's funny in the NFL not that this is the right way to do it but a torn meniscus like they can get it cleaned up and play the next week and in basketball it is definitely a 
a at least four to six week injury. So we'll see. I, it definitely depends on how severe it is. And then I mean, everybody's pair- the Sixers. If you watch the Sixers long enough, your meniscus just tears by yes. proxy. It yeah. just it happens. There's nothing. My, my menis- both my menisci have have tears. My mom's my meniscus knees. is torn just from watching. Just yeah. from watching the Sixers, and they paired it. It was so cruel. Uh, Zaire Smith returned to practice today, oh, not today, but there was you know the announcement, and then an hour later, Brett Brown said. Uh, we're going to send him to the G League where he's actually going to play. He's not going to play here. Um, we're looking forward to getting him some minutes in the G League where he's actually going to play. He's not going to play here. And so what a ruse it was. <laughs> I think it's absolutely the right move to send him to the For G sure. League. Get yes, him in I there. Agree. Get, get that uh, Zaire Haywood Highsmith chemistry up. Um, ready for the playoffs. Get him, get him ready. Yeah, definitely for the playoffs. You're going to be seeing a lot of that. Uh, against the Raptors in the conference finals. Um, I think that's, I mean, what else would he say? Is he going to say like, hey, this kid who was already raw when we drafted him and hasn't played in a while and almost died, <laughs> we're going to be counting on him. We just got you a bunch of- You said he was going to play a key role in the playoffs. No, no, no. I'm not done. Right? I'm not done. Not done. Okay. Okay. All right. I think that's what else would Brett say? I right. say, Zaire okay. starts playing- gets comfortable, fills a role, Brett watches the tape, says, we could use this guy now, Zaire takes Jonathan Simmons' role, see in the playoffs, Zaire put back dunk, time expiring, Celtics go home, Cuss cries, Zaire forever. There you go. That now, now we're talking. That's now right. We're talking the I do think, I mean, brand. like it, for me it is like, what else? I, I, rightfully Brett says that, but I honestly think if, you know, who knows how he looks? He, he did almost die. But if, oh, he, if he gets his legs under him, then, you know, let's see what he's got. He adds an element to this team that they don't have. And if he's less skittish than Jonathan Simmons, why not? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he couldn't be worse than Jonathan Simmons. I guess that's, that is where we, where we are in this. Uh, the, I, I think... Andrew Unterberger, I think better, when he writes stuff for the website, he certainly encapsulates how everybody is feeling. He writes with a lot of feeling. That's what I enjoy about AU. And AU wrote a thing for writesrickysanchez.com today that was like, please, for the love of God, stop interviewing Jimmy Butler. And it was, it was really, I, I emailed him and I was like, I really liked the 900 words of everything you hate that Jimmy Butler says. And then the 40 words at the end that are like, I really like him though. Uh, and I like everything he brings to the team and I like it. So I think what pushed him over the edge was the, I forget what website this was on, but someone decided that they were going to that the Jimmy Butler interview that they were gonna put on their website was a Jimmy Butler interview done by movie star Mark Wahlberg. And I guess they are good friends, uh, of course. Sure. I, Mark Wahlberg is a Bulls fan, right, I think? Or no, he's a Celtics fan, right? He's a Celtics fan. Yeah. But uh, I don't pretty, even know how they're good friends. Clearly Boston guy Wahlberg. Yeah. And... Uh, it was just another, I thought AU explained it very well. It's like, oh man, I, I don't need more of this. More of this is never good. Some highlights from the interview. Did you read the interview? 
Absolutely not. Okay. Let me give you some highlights. Because uh, I, I, I will take the highlights, but we can, yeah. we can choose to not look at it. Yes, that is true. But it is existing, and we are a Sixers podcast. Barely. So, barely. I don't, so I don't even know some... that Mark Wahlberg interviewing Jimmy Butler qualifies for Sixers stuff. It is it is right on the edge. Sure. It is right on the edge. It was it was this or how is Isaiah Cannon doing with the Timberwolves? <laughs> and they're both about the same okay. amount of Sixers. Okay, okay. So the first highlight is that now this was the 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 genuinely funny part about it is Mark Wahlberg asked him about a, a movie that he was in, and Jimmy Butler was in a movie called like Christmas Office Space or something. And Butler reveals that the only reason he did the movie was because Mark Wahlberg asked him to, and he thought Mark Wahlberg was in the movie. So he shows up to film the movie, and he's like, hey, where's Mark Wahlberg? And they're like, he's not here. And he's like, well, wh- like, it, when is he coming? And they're like, he's not in this movie. And <laughs> he was not in the movie. And... Uh, and he, rev- he, the only reason Butler did it is because Mark Wa- he thought Mark Wahlberg was actually in the movie. Mark Wahlberg just asked him to do the movie. Why did he um, ask him? I have no idea. Hmm. So here is uh, another highlight is that Jimmy Butler says in the interview that his best friend is Mark Wahlberg's nine-year-old daughter. Yeah, there's some Kyrie there to Jimmy where he just like says shit because he knows like people are going to take it. And yeah. fuck with people, so yep. I I like him on the Sixers. I like that I have the agency to <laughs> to not read this interview. <laughs> and the final one. This is the only Sixers related thing. Do you think you guys are going to win the Eastern Conference, Butler? I think we've got a really good chance. We're still learning a lot, even though I got traded two months ago. So. I do think it's almost like a little dig. I got traded two months ago, but we're still learning. Um, so there it is. I I agree with AU, no more Butler interviews. And I'm actually going to join team don't read the interview with you right now. There we go. Because I really just hate reading it, and I, I don't want to know about yeah. it. So Don't yeah. watch all the games. Mm-hmm. Don't read all the interviews. Don't have to. Don't need to. So we have a, uh, a, a really good Lorenzo Brown mailbag question that is Sixers related. Uh, we obviously have to discuss the Kevin O'Connor unbanned situation. But before we do, uh, let's talk about our other sponsor for this podcast, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Oh, wow. Been a while. That's right. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Yes. It's been almost a week since we, we talked about L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, the original sponsor of the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. Mike. Can I read you an email uh, I got earlier this week from a, an LL customer? Now, this is very similar to other emails we've gotten, but this one seems more realistic. Spike, do you still have that wedding efficient license? Want to marry two process trusters? We met briefly taking a picture with Rebel at the last lottery party. One of my tweets even made it onto the TV at the party. My fiance met you on the Milwaukee trip. We are, I don't want to give their number out. We are blank on LL's illustrious list. Our wedding is going to be in Malvern in October. Let me know if you want to do it. So. Um, Did you do that other one? N- no. Well, the Orlando couple, 
I feel like we could do a whole podcast about the Orlando couple. They still have not gotten married. So kicking the can. Uh, it's it's very disconcerting. And I think at some point we have to launch an investigation. That's all I would say into Alan and um, Chandler. Oh, Jesus, Chandler, Alan and Chandler. Um, but so that one I have not done, but this one I will do. This is uh, the kind of community we have. They buy the engagement rings from our sponsors and then they ask us to marry them. Of course, we had uh, a couple get married at the lottery party. That was by Pablo Torres. Which you, so, you didn't marry anybody. You, you are I didn't, zero for no. zero in marrying anybody. So um, I, zero for zero. I have offered, but zero for zero, yes. Um, LL is just the, uh, the most kind uh, person and best jeweler and well-dressed jeweler you're ever going to meet. You're going to walk into LL Pavorsky Jewelers. You're not going to deal with anybody but LL. And he is going to take great care of you, get you a great deal on a ring, get you a, a great ring. And also, and then you have a jeweler for life. You don't have to worry about going to anybody else. And, uh, you know, you don't know what you're buying when you're buying jewelry. You don't know if it's good. So you have to trust the person. And that's why LL is important. If you want to buy an engagement ring from LL, give him a call, shoot him an email, um, make an appointment, 215-627-2252. You can email him at llpavorsky.com or just tweet him. The store is at 707 Walnut. He will be at the lottery party as well. We'll do some stupid fucking thing with LL like we always do. We'll have his VIP section too. Uh, and for every podcast, LL makes generous donations to Coded by Kids and the Providence Animal Center. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. For the people who forgot about Al- Valentine's Day and want to overcorrect. Ah, good idea. It's a little late, but for sure. Get engaged. Uh, get engaged. Do it. So Kevin O'Connor is writer for The Ringer, former Celtics blogger, right? SB Nation Celtics blogger. Mm-hmm. Is that where he came from? Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connor, um, good basketball writer. Uh, for all, um, all, all signs point to good person. And he was banned um, two years ago. Two years ago? No, last year. Last year. When he sa- last year when he said that he cast his all-star vote and he would put Al Horford ahead of Joel Embiid. You banned him. This was a rare mic ban. Most of the bands do come from me, but you banned Kevin O'Connor. Recently, this, uh, this year, Kevin O'Connor has said the name in uh, several articles, linked back. You know, he has said the name on the pod on the Ringer NBA show a few times. He always sort of giggles when he says the name, but he does say the name. And he then, in a loud argument, defended the um, the honor of the process and Sam Hinkie to Ringer NBA show host Chris Vernon, who called it like a disgrace or whatever the fuck he called it. They did it for seven years, you know, all the same bullshit. And there have been a lot of calls since that fight that we revisit the Kevin O'Connor ban. We did a poll on our Twitter page. It was essentially 50-50, whether we should reinstate Kevin O'Connor. Um, we got an email from Greg at the Colony Meadery begging for your leniency in the Kevin O'Connor case. And I guess as I'm setting this up, the last thing I would say is that we did say that Kevin could become unbanned if he delivered us Bill Simmons onto the pod or he delivered us onto Bill Simmons's pod to debate the merits of the process. Those were your, those uh, are your stipulations. 
Yes, right. And I think you agreed to them, right? Sure. I, I think we're, we were, yeah. So here we are um, with the, the prospect of a, oh, so Bill Simmons did say the name on a podcast, um, said the name of the pod, said the name of the Ricky. So said, wait, unbanned. said your name. And the name of the pod. And conspicuously missed one. It's well, but he was talking, but if, if we're, he was saying ringleader guy, I think like I'm more the ringleader guy and you're more the, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Let's just watch some hoops guy, right? I don't know. I just don't like my name. <laughs> well, anyway. said. <laughs> so he, like I really so, went out of the way to not say my name. <laughs> we reinstated him, but only under... Uh, he is under probation. He must invite us on the pod or come on our pod by May 14th, or he becomes rebanned May 14th, also the night of the lottery party. So here we are, Mike. What do you think about the Kevin O'Connor unbanning? Well, look, <laughs> I think that it is good to show mercy mm-hmm. where necessary and hope that a year, about a year of thinking about why they're banned mm-hmm. would do someone some good. I, I, I believe in um, being welcomed back into society after, after serving time. And uh, with, with Mr. O'Connor specifically, I think there is always threat of recidivism. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's already towed the line talking about Brandon Ingram being good, which mm-hmm. he's not. He has. Um, yes, so did AU. So did AU. Okay. Well, yeah. Unterberger now on I'm, thin ice. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to give play, you know, got to hear both That's sides. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Ingram is bad and is very clearly bad quite worse than Ben Simmons and will always mm-hmm. be. Um, so if, so that, that is, that is a warning sign for Mr. O'Connor. But I, I, I think that after a year, I think I, I am ready. I am prepared to, uh, unban Kevin. Um, it's good to, you're unbanning Kevin. It's good to, it's good to take a look at your surroundings and, and, and be welcomed back in and, um, I, I think that Kevin deserves another another chance, especially if he keeps uh, taking the correct side, the right side of history um, against any wow. podcast co-host he would have. Kevin also a very sweet guy who does text me sweet things from time to time. So Kevin, wow, a, a shocking development. Yeah, a shocking development. Welcome back, Kevin. Wow. Now I have threatened uh, within the last two weeks to ban the entire ringer which Kevin would fall under uh, if that were to happen. So I just want to be clear that that is possible. But wow, Kevin O'Connor unbanned. This is huge. I didn't expect this. When you said you were going to think it over on the last pod, I thought you were definitely just going to ban him, uh, keep him banned. This is shocking. Well, I think think opening the door back up to him and and embracing our, you know, sometimes enemies is, Mm -hmm. is good and... Uh, speaking truth to power is is something that we believe in, and if he, um, if there's any more missteps, and or if he goes too hard on Brandon Ingram, or or puts Al Horford in any All NBA team instead of Embiid, then then we'll be right back here. But I think for now, I believe in second chances, and I I, I will happily unban Mr. O'Connor for the time being. 
Congratulations, Kevin O'Connor, on the unbanning. A shocking development. Uh, the rights to Ricky Sanchez community, when this podcast is released, there will be shockwaves. Uh, I believe this deserves a newsletter in the morning. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you know who? Do you know who is who is banned from someone's Twitter? It's me. And can you guess who blocked me on Twitter? It is a Ooh. someone who was associated with, never played for the Sixers, uh, never worked for the Sixers, but was associated with the Sixers. Wow, this is really interesting. Um, is it? Uh, you can ask me questions. Tom Penn. Sorry. Tom Penn. No, no, no. Um, okay. Someone more more relevant, especially in the last year. Relevant in the last year. Uh, associated with the Sixers, Daryl Morey. No, he does not work in the NBA, but he okay. works for NBA players or with NBA players. Okay, so an agent. No. Okay, works with NBA players. I can you give me a hint without telling me or no? Um, this this is a fun game. I like. This. What's a hint? Yeah. That doesn't fully give it away. Associated um, with NBA players. He, oh, Drew Hanlon? Drew Hanlon is correct. I am blocked what? by Drew Hanlon. <laughs> on Twitter.com. Wow. So one unbanned, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, so sad I don't get to see any more pure sweat <laughs> tweets. Oh, that is disappointing. Wow. Well, we'll wrap it up with an interesting question on the in the Lorenzo Brown mailbag <clears throat> from Andres. Hi, Andres writes, Hi, Spike and Mike. My name is Andres. I'm a longtime listener from the Canary Island. Do you know where that is? Can you Google that as we're talking about sure. it? Sure. Uh, from the Canary Island. I didn't Google it. Uh, from the, the Canary S- Island. Spanish archipelago. Oh there, oh, there we go. How about that? Uh I'm a longtime listener from the Canary Island, although I'm re-listening to old podcasts when I go for a run. I love to listen to old takes, but knowing that Mike is never right breaks my heart. His dipsy deuce spinneroo sight of life makes my day. That being said, I know we have 24 games left in the regular season schedule, and I would love to know your choice on this. If you could choose one team handicap, for example, team def- defense on guards or uh losing big disadvantages in third quarters to disappear heading into the playoffs, which would that one disadvantage be and why? Thank you and keep doing your thing. It's priceless for the Sixers fans who live outside the States. Hmm. I think what's a team handicap? I would say uh, turnovers are, Mm -hmm. I think defense Uh, defense on on ball handling guards guards is one for sure. Yeah. I don't know that. Third quarter disadvantages Depth. are quite yeah. as yeah obvious this season. I think I think that is one of the things. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think sometimes because we watch all the Sixers games, we think some things are exclusive to the Sixers sure. when they're not. Yeah, like losing to bad teams or losing leads. Every team loses a lead. Mm-hmm. Every team, every team. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's a Sixers thing. I think it's just an NBA thing. The Sixers have had at least, especially earlier in the year, they've they've sort of done a little bit less of this, but they definitely let teams back in almost every single time for a while mm-hmm. to the point where you yeah. couldn't enjoy any win because even the wins were, you know, it was a 25-point lead evaporated against the, you know, Cavs to a four-point win or whatever. 
Well, and a lot of it is because of how thin they are. Yeah, I think. So I would is, say, is okay, so let's let's say it's three things. Let's say it's defense on guards. Let's say it's turnovers, and let's say it's like not having a competent bench. Which which would yeah? You let's say yeah. Take? Mm. So and and I'm going to try to attempt to talk about a way that that it would be fixed. It, this is really easy. Like let's say in the defense on guards thing, one of two things happens: either Jimmy Butler does what he's supposed to do and guards that guy or let's say Jonathan Simmons all of a sudden becomes less spastic far more capable and a guy the he becomes the idea of Jonathan Jonathan Simmons rather than the actuality of Jonathan Simmons that's how the the point guard guarding the point guard thing fixes itself the competent bench thing fixes itself where James Ennis Jonathan Simmons and Mike Scott all become a reasonable version of the best version of themselves. Not an outstanding version, but a reasonable version of it. And um, and what's the other thing? The turnovers. I don't even know how that happens. Um, they just turn it over less, I guess. I think I would take my chances with the opposing ball handler thing if Simmons, Ennis, and Mike Scott we're all reasonable bench pieces. I think that's what I would pick. Okay, I have a different. I have a different solution. Okay, um, and the answers to all three things are are one guy, and his name is Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith. <laughs> he's a good on ball defender on point guards. He would help the bench, and he's a smart player who has a good assist to turnover ratio. That's three, baby. He does them all. Zaire. Coming in for a landing. Well done. Well done. Thank you. That is, yeah. A couple other interesting uh, thoughts well that, that I've been yeah. saving. Okay, one. Are these are these the things that you these said are the things. before? Oh, okay. Uh, do, okay. you, do you know the website uh, Donors Choose? Yes, uh, for sure. Yeah, so great, great site. It usually helps like teachers and stuff. Um, I occasionally will donate a little bit of money, usually to schools in Philly um, yep. that need stuff. It's a fun, it's a really good, uh, nice Seemingly, I don't know, organization? Is that, I don't know what it, what, what to call them, but. Uh, it's a, a site. I, I don't know that it's anything different. Yeah, than, uh, but teachers can go on there and yeah. say, hey, my kids need, yep. my students need like blank yep. for stuff. And I donated uh, to this special needs class in Philly in this uh, elementary school, Richard Wright Elementary, which is near Strawberry Mansion. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I got an email afterwards saying, hey, are you the, I just got an email, for, or a DM from someone saying, hey, are I just got a donation to my class from a Mike Levin from California. Is that you? Uh, me and my boyfriend listened to the Rice Ricky Sanchez. We're we're big fans. We've come to some of the water, some some of the pods, some of the live pods. Uh, and uh, wow. I was like, yeah, that was me. Very cool. So thanks, that is thanks awesome. to Beth, the teacher, for reaching out yeah. and for uh, yeah. doing what you do. So I thought that was nice. Um, that's one, two. Mm-hmm. These are all Philadelphia related upside uh, uh, up updates. Two, mm-hmm. I would recommend the Hulu comedy Pen15, which they don't ex- expressly say it, but it, it is set in suburban Philadelphia in like the early 2000s. Um, Q102 is referenced, and one of the uh, co-creators who also stars in it uh, wears a Phillies shirt in the intro. Um, so that's a really, really funny show and good and sweet. Uh, it's about two girls that are in their like early 30s now, but they play 13-year-old versions of themselves or 12-year-old versions of themselves. Um, oh, wow. And it's really funny and sweet. 
So pen 15. What's it called again? Pen 15. It's pen, like a uh, calculator speak for yeah. penis, Spike. Oh, um, yeah. Very, it gets like dirty and like raunchy at first, but like it gets sweet and real and deals with cool stuff. So I, I would definitely recommend that. So that's another thing. Great. Um, brother, okay, the second, third thing. Uh, third thing. Um, Alyssa, my girlfriend who plays on a basketball team, uh, is forcing me to say that she had a chase down block the other night, which I saw in person. Wow. Um, it was vicious. The gym went wild and Alyssa almost got into a fight with the girl afterwards, which yes. I liked. So, uh, that was, yeah. that was very good. She was, she was proud of that. There were words were exchanged and that was fun to watch. She believes that she's LeBron now. Um, that's great. That is that is something that uh, Alyssa and Val share. Val almost got in a fight with a couple of girls at a Sixers Celtics great. game in Boston. Great, once. yeah. So that, Alyssa would definitely do that, especially if yeah. they're Celtics fans. Um, yeah. And then the fourth thing is a brotherly love update, which is the pilot that I uh, oh, was yes. writing with, uh, based on Ben Simmons's life and with LeBron James Production Company. It was set up at NBC um, as NBC made their pilot pickups over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they did not pick up Brotherly Love, um, which you, you uh, we told I I told you that a couple of, uh, like a yeah. week or whatever ago. But um, mm-hmm. so it's not. I was acting surprised. That's okay. But, it's, uh, no, it was, it was really good yeah. acting by you. I I actually yeah, honestly yeah, would have yeah. cast you as as Ben Simmons yep. in the pilot if it happened. Well, I'm still I'm I'm available. Okay. Um, but so yeah, it's not going to NBC. But uh, LeBron's production company and Warren Brothers were talking about uh, taking it to a different network and stuff. So it's still cool. alive and uh, breathing life into it as. Uh, these things tend to go. So just wanted to give an update. Kind of a bummer that didn't get to go at NBC. It would have been fun, but uh, hopefully more fun stuff to come at another network. I've always hated NBC, so I'm ready ready for it to go somewhere else. There you are. And a a quick note, actually, um, uh, while we're talking about um, production and uh, TV and um, TV shows and things of that like, I got a a text from our friend uh, Mike Weber. Um, who is the Spike Lee of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Mm -hmm. And he he is in Thailand right now. And he said, quick question. I'd love to hear you guys address on the next pod. Sixers trade for Miami unprotected, and then suddenly commissioner pushes back 18-year-olds will be available, uh, eligible for the draft. Uh, We trade away the pick. But then Zion has a mild knee sprain, and commissioner immediately... Uh, announces that the NBA will be making 18-year-olds draft eligible. What the fuck is going on here? And I would just like to reinforce that all Dave Silver cares about is PR, and uh, he's a fucking phony. And boy, how convenient to announce it right after Zion Williamson hurts his name. Yeah, and fucking Um, over the Sixers. Also, you guys about that. Is is he saying that... 18, I, I didn't read the, any articles about it. I just saw, like, it's floated. Is that, would that institute, not not this season, surely, but... No, not till 2022. Okay, so it, that, it that wouldn't would be... be instituted that wouldn't be the 2021 Miami pick anyway. No. So it wasn't no, like it it's just... 20. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on board with Fuck Dave Silver. I will say the most important thing of the night, Boban got to ring the bell. I'm going to watch it oh, as wow. soon as this podcast ends. I can see big yes. smiles. It's, uh, I mean, imagine how small this bell's going to look. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to ring the bell, just grabbed the bell and threw it down his, threw it down his gullet, ate it. <laughs> ate Do we the think bell. there's some trickery and that's how the Liberty Bell initially broke? 
<laughs> Boban time traveler <laughs> broke bell. <laughs> 200 years ago, Boban broke the That's bell. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we will be back this weekend. We're going to do a pod right after. I don't even know who they play on Saturday. Who do they play? Uh, they got the Pelicans, not Saturday. Oh, it's the Blazers no, the on Pelicans Saturday the and then the game. Pelicans on Monday. Okay. So we're going to do a pod right after the Blazers game. So we'll have one for you Saturday afternoon. It's good to be back. And that's all I got. Uh, glad that they won tonight. Really glad that we didn't have to do a pod after a loss. Oh, yeah. We don't pod after losses anymore. It's over. No. Nope. Except when we do. Uh, are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Copying of uppers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile.